0: Welcome to the Plus Music Podcast with Brian Karsig and Nick Venti. Today we're sitting down with Los Angeles-based composer, producer, and educator, Chevy Smith. An Emmy-nominated producer and winner of the esteemed Pro Max Gold Award, Chevy is the founder of Forte Posey, a youth-focused music education program teaching empowerment through songwriting and musicianship. Her curriculum has been implemented in public and private schools across New York City, Los Angeles, and London. She has served as board co-president for the Afghan Women's Writing Project and is a member of the Alliance for Women Film Composers. She stops by today to talk about her latest project, The Ultimate Playlist, a free-to-play mobile app, raffle game, and music discovery tool created in collaboration with the Arizona State Lottery. Here's more from Chevy now.
1: Let's jump in. Let's get started. Let's do it. So, Chevy, what? We, we did a bunch of research on you before, but you started out as a musician. You now have the Ultimate Playlist app. Is that what it's called?
2: That is what it is called.
1: Coming out. So we want to get into that, but just a little bit of background on you. Um, you started as a musician, so you've been doing that and you still do that?
2: I do, yeah. So I started, uh, I'm from Kansas, from a, from a ranch in Kansas originally and uh, not, a lot of outside stimulation. So they started me on piano when I was like four years old, more for discipline than anything. Uh, That led to uh, being interested in guitar, just kind of started writing songs because there was, uh, again, a lot of inspiration and not a lot lot to do. Um, And those actually found their way, uh I had two clock radios at the time. And so I would like dub back and forth. Like I didn't have like an A track or anything, but I would like make these these demos. Um and this was the the era of cassette tapes. So one of those cassettes found its way to New York uh to thankfully a really legitimate Wonderful producer. Um, he had uh, written the *Dirty Dancing* soundtrack, like *Time of My Life* and *Hungry Eyes*. And no way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Eric Carmen so, yeah, like, uh,
0: was his name. Eric Carmen.
2: <laughs> his name was not Eric Carmen, but uh, but I have Eric Carmen to thank because uh, I think his uh, capital contributions to what what would become. know the the production money used to uh for my early studio experiences came from from that and so yeah so i did a lot of recording in new york um right around the time I was like 14 or 15. um Mm -hmm. and then that led its way to nashville um which is obviously a songwriting town and uh started having conversations with publishers there which ended up being really fortuitous because not only Um, was it kind of a a wonderful step, but it they're really, uh, I guess they're really caring there, you know, they really um, kind of, kind of take you in and and help you have time to develop. So my own journey as an artist was filled with a bunch of wonderful people who kind of gave me a lot of tools, gave me a lot of autonomy, a lot of, a lot of rope. I mean, they used to my first deal, I was 17, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we'll just put you in here with an engineer." I was at the famous studios uh, in in Nashville, and like looking back, to give a 17 year old that kind of demo budget and that kind mm-hmm. of freedom, and the stuff I brought back to them was just haywire, you know? Like I, mm-hmm. I they really like let me experiment, but um, was so lovely, and I still have such a great relationship with with literally all, all the people that that were part of those years. Uh, so I toured hard. I made independent records, um, did the whole campus activities thing, um, NACA, and you know, just like would play like over 200 shows a year, just you know, with my guitar and piano and in a SUV driving around. Uh, that meant by the time I was about 24, I was kind of burnt. <laughs> I was yeah, like, all right, I think I think I want to do something else. Um, and so I I moved to LA. Uh, and kind of just pieced out. To be honest, I, I started teaching guitar lessons and would just like skateboard to different little girls' houses and and teach. And uh, mm-hmm. that led to teaching songwriting and kind of developing a curriculum. Uh, and then I was getting hired to produce for like TV promos and that sort of thing. So just had a little like interface and logic set up and was able to play enough things well enough to to make tracks and kind of be a good option for for some of the creative directors Mm and uh really learned how to like turn things around fast and it was fun and you know not that serious of work and just going to the beach and doing the la thing um and that kind of continued until 2017 and a lot of the students that i was working with were growing up and they were like 15 16 they were amazing writers you know had great great skills. I've been working with them for like seven years, eight years, and they were starting to get poached by other producers. You know, they would like put something up on, on IG and people would be like, ah, let's work. And I was like, wait a minute, you're, you're my, my little ducklings, you know? And (laughs) so, uh, so yeah, so it became clear that I needed to put together some sort of form of something to support that. Uh, And at the time I crossed paths with Khalid Jones, who is my co-founder, um, he had an investment firm and was doing a lot of really innovative, creative things. Um, he's an attorney by degree um, from Stanford, so kind of has that Silicon Valley sort of like mindset. And he was like one of the first um, investors in an esports team, you know, just really kind of had his finger on the pulse of, of different digger. ways to do. You got it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we kind of started visiting and um, I knew I needed something uh somebody with a skill set beyond my own to kind of put a form and a function to all this and he really dug what was going on creatively and kind of um the just you know i don't want to sound too la but like the energy around it it was just it was a really Mm -hmm. um cool little scene um we were like odd future only if it was all like teenage girls with acoustic guitars you know (laughs) and uh And so, yes, yeah, so we started um, a little artist development company. And so we were producing, um, put together a studio, you know, like, and we were making um, a lot of songs and we ran into that thing that everybody out there runs into, which is, my goodness, there's a lot of things coming out. How do we, not only how do, every artist has it individually, but now I was kind of in this position where I'm looking at these like 16-year-olds who I care deeply about, who have dreams. And you're like, well, we submitted it to a playlist manager, and now we just got to like hope, yeah. you know. And how do you cut through the noise?
0: There's like eighty thousand songs through? uploaded. Yeah, every you got day. it.
2: At the at the time, it was forty thousand, and then they just released. Now it's eighty, and you know, and that's just Spotify. That's not even, you know. And so it was just it was very hard to look at them and pretend that I was doing anything, um, you know, that resourceful. We were just at a loss and. So there was this conversation that we had um, where I think we were debating on paying like 5000 for this independent playlist promotion. Um, and I think by this age, we've all like given money to PR companies and promotion companies and everything. and it's, mm-hmm. it's all so opaque. And and sometimes they're working really hard and they can't, you know, make it happen. and And sometimes they're not, you know. And so it was kind of this thing where I was like, man, I don't like rather than do this, I'd rather just go to a Billie Eilish concert, stand in the parking lot and pay everybody a dollar to listen to 30 seconds of this song. You know, like, I think our odds, like if we come away with like a 4% retention rate, like that's probably better than being song 63 on 128 song playlist where people are leaning back, not even paying attention to the artists. And so it was kind of like, um, I was like, you know, screw it. Let's do payola. Let's figure it out. You know, like I was just kind of like wanting to be very punk rock about it and he was like hold on I think that there's like there's something to that if we could gamify and I don't think I think all of us have thought like if I could just like get somebody to listen they'd love what I'm doing and and so it was really based upon that so we started um kind of figuring out ways we could gamify and incentivize listening that sort of thing and at the same time he had started doing Uh, consulting work because of his reputation and kind of forward thinking in the gaming space uh, with the Arizona. Yeah. Let
1: let me stop you here for the listener, for the listeners to know the plight of an, of a musician and to try to go get heard. Right. So there's a bunch of stuff there through, but um, let's just pause. And we'll kind of like, as I said, look a little bit on like what it's like to, to get heard, you know, like there's what you're saying is there's yeah, the, the numbers come out with 80,000 songs, right? So mm-hmm. what do those sound like is the question I have. Like, yeah. what kind of songs are included in those 80,000 tracks? But um, aside from that, what are the options right now for an artist to be able to get heard? Like, just as, as you Yeah,
2: see- I mean, as we were, they were pretty slim. Uh, you know, there is the, the portal of going, like, official Spotify playlist managers uh, and that, you know, you, you do that through Spotify for artists. And and I think that they're doing, everybody's doing honest work and doing the best they can. And we're not trying to replace anything, but you got that, you know, vertical, basically. And Spotify is
1: like, Spotify's public position on playlists is that they don't do payola. They pick stuff that they actually like, right? That's their public Facing version mm-hmm. of it, I'm sure that they do do favors and whatever. <laughs> but,
2: I mean, I uh, think you know, like when you live in an industry town, you you know it's all relationship based. You know, I mean, and and it's as what what would you expect? We're all human beings. You know, like everything um, that comes from a warm intro is usually better than a cold intro. And you know, it's it's these realities of of. But even with that, you know, I mean, like uh, I definitely have a few friends on the uh, editorial side of things at Spotify. But even then, you know, they're getting how many of their friends, you know, like have things kind of, uh, it's Everybody just- Everybody
1: wants to be their friend, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I and, got it.
2: And just like looking at these kids and counting on a favor is like, it's pretty thin, you know? That's it's tough. kind of weak. Yeah. So, got, so,
1: the, so the way it is, the landscape is, there's playlists on Spotify, there's, Essentially, curation on the on the mm-hmm. streaming platforms, right? Yeah. And then because, like, let's say, print media for music's dead. I haven't seen them in yeah, a really long time. I'm not sure they still make I didn't them. No. Um, and then, like, even online zines, like you know, Pitchfork and things like that. I think people still go there, but I haven't heard about it in a really long time. Well, so I
2: think, like, people more in our cohort go to that you know like i i lament blog world like you know like early like late 2000s like when like blogs were a thing that 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 was there was a lot of exposure that could happen yeah. through that you know but that's that's not not happening anymore
1: so it was getting everybody sort of caught up to it's hard to get your music heard as, a, as an independent musician and even as a non-independent musician, it's still a fight, right? Like Oh my still... goodness,
2: like yeah, I, I uh, have a good friend who um, I came up with in Nashville and I mean she's, she's about as big as it gets in the country industry and we were having a discussion um, at one of her shows and I was actually telling her about the early iteration of this and she was like, I still, you know, and somebody's got to go kiss the ring, you know, like you've got to yeah. like even even the big artists, you know, are they're they're fighting for a spot just like everybody else. And there's just there's only so many spots available, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, think about if you think about it, it's just marketing like it is everybody's looking and trying to get their share of somebody's attention. And you only have so much, right, like all the way over to Netflix saying that their biggest competitor would be sleep and <laughs> gaming right yeah
2: right so
1: like every industry is always doing the same thing but you have the music industry which is like a bunch of little companies these all these artists are out their own little companies and they're all just trying to get enough people that thousand true fans or whatever you got it yeah to come out so so that was that one. I just wanted to kind of pause and make sure people understand. No,
2: I think that's that's important to dial down. And then the other thing is you have like all of the, you know, I guess like Web2 type platforms, you have TikTok and you have, um, you know, Insta and that sort of thing. And that's what these artists that we were working with are more familiar with. Like uh, the concept of going and playing 200 shows, like they can't even like fathom that because why would you do that? Because you're going to reach you know, twenty thousand people and I could do that with one TikTok, you know, would be kind of their reasoning. But I think we all can understand too the difference between somebody who casually like swipes through what you're doing and a fan. Somebody you know, who's like standing
0: I, there in the audience for your one you hour. You got it. Yeah. And sure. and you kind
2: of have to weight those differently. Um mm-hmm. and the winds feel different. You know, I mean like I think one thing that we really talk a lot about is like incremental wins for the artist, just to keep the artist's spirits up and wanting to go, you know, like we don't really talk a lot about like the, uh, the emotional like fatigue that happens for artists to, to not get live feedback. You know, like when, when mm-hmm. I was, you know, eons ago out on the road, like I'd write a song and I would play it that night. And then the people would be like, yeah, we you know, feel great about it. Like, they're like trying to package something in 15 seconds and get like real like specific numbers on it and it's just it's all a little dispiriting um if that's all you got
1: yeah well so so I think it's important to realize that just like things change anyway like they change it just
2: Mm
1: -hmm. so absolutely the next generation artists might not even ever when they're maybe you never even see their face they will be an avatar mm-hmm. on some metaverse right and it could be like some like you know very like face for radio style person that like that comes back because that used to be the way it is absolutely
2: was and it
1: yeah and it changed and so i think but you bring up tiktok that's an interesting concept because discovery it, discovery is happening as i understand it TikTok's kicking Spotify's butt on Discovery and Spotify's thing's always been that they've put all their energy into data and figuring out how to bring you the best music that you want to listen to. And it's actually really good at it. But mm-hmm. when it comes to like consumption of right this second stuff, the me- the songs that do take off on-, on TikTok build careers, like, you know, Lil Nas Absolutely. X. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. right about tick is that you can do what Lil Nas X did which is like you build this aside from just like showing up on a playlist you get people to do things
2: absolutely you like create
1: a movement on a place like that versus like there's no movement it's just a playlist it's just like kind of more the old school it's like you're just selling more records which is fine but totally and and, and it, you should have both obviously it would be ideal but isn't like what do you see if you have your foot to the your ear to the to the pavement and and you're talking to all these artists what how do they see TikTok right now?
2: I mean, I think they see it as indispensable. Um, also, it's, it's pretty native to all of them. Like they don't really remember a pre-TikTok world. Uh, so I don't think that like there's you know you're seeing in the press like this begrudging TikTok, and I think there's artists that that don't want to do that, but. I think in in any sense, you know, it's like, yes, all of it, TikTok and Spotify and blogs and, you know, whatever you could get a hold of, it's, it's really fighting that 80,000 song, you know, giant that you're trying to bust through however you can. So I think, um, like, I've got nothing but love for TikTok. I mean, how creative, you know, it definitely gets people creating with your song. Like, there's, it's. It's lovely in that sense. It just can't be the only thing, you know? I mean, it, it, as far as what I do sense is artists being like, okay, well I did that and I did that, now what? You know, you just, you, you really wanna have a, a number of different, you know, dogs in the race and, and that's one of them and it's a really strong one. But uh, what we really ran into was just a limiting amount of things you can, can do.
1: So let's jump right into what you've built and then we can backstory it a little bit, like how you got there, but let's go right into the, into the playlist app. Like what was, mm-hmm. where did that, how did that concept, you know, like we, Brian and I have been in the, the sort of building stuff world and you, you have an idea, it shifts and shakes, but like, when was it when you were like, okay, finally, like, this is the right thing to invest money into you know, building an app takes time, takes expertise from people. You're probably not a, a, a coder yourself, right? Maybe you are. I'm learning but, Flutter.
2: Uh, learning a little bit of the, but yeah.
1: So like you had to go get people to get that done. And uh, so when was it that you like finally decided on what it was going to be? And what were the key pieces that fell for make it kind of work out?
2: Uh, well, we'd, we'd done a lot of different uh, shapes of things that, you know, we're just like wireframes or I'd like jump into Figma and start kind of, you know, mapping a few things out. Um, you know, there were like tournament brackets and just, just figuring out different ways to kind of gamify the experience. Um, when we got to this one, it kind of had a few factors that uh, we knew we wanted. One was, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, scarcity. Like it was going to be a limited amount of slots um, so that you definitely if you're asking the the rights holder to be a part of it um, and to, to pay for participation, you know, they were guaranteed a certain amount of attention. And obviously the okay. attention economy is what you were referring to earlier. Um, also making a, a reasonable ask of the listener. You know, like I think one of the, you know, when we went out and, and kind of did research uh, both like anecdotally and also digging into research that others have done i think the main thing that that comes back from these super long spotify lists is like they're just exhausting you know like you like you look at something you're like 96 songs like that's going to be a long time and so yeah were you going to say something? I
1: just realized that we haven't told the audience what the app is. Let's describe oh, it. Oh, okay.
2: Time. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, that's a great point. Okay, fantastic. So it is a music discovery uh, song promotion app. It's called Ultimate Playlist and it is free to play and it incentivizes listeners by giving them the opportunity to win money for listening to songs, rating songs, and adding songs to their Apple playlist. So it is done in partnership and powered by the Arizona Lottery. So there is a real known institution behind it. Uh, they bad. have committed to up to a million dollars in the first year in pricing. So every single day, the listener has delivered 40 songs on a playlist. Uh, so that, that's delivered to them at midnight Eastern time. When they listen to a song, if they listen to 30 seconds, they get one ticket. If they listen to 60 seconds, they get another ticket. If they listen to the full playlist or or the full song, they get three more tickets. If they rate the song, they get a ticket. If they add it to their Apple playlist, they get a ticket. So you can get up to eight tickets for each song. Those tickets are entered in something called the daily cash drawing. So the daily cash drawing at the end of the day, it's a raffle and 18 winners will win between 50 and $500. So there are thousands of dollars being given away guaranteed each day. There is also something called the ultimate payout jackpot, which is a $20,000 jackpot, and it's kind of Powerball style. So you pick your numbers with the entries that you earn. If you listen to 30 seconds of 20 out of the 40 songs, you get one entry. If you listen to 30 seconds, at least 30 seconds of all 40 out of 40 songs, you get two more entries for a total of three. So then once you earn those entries, you go in, you pick your numbers, and then it's, it's a Powerball. I mean, it even kind of has that, that look. Uh, and somebody will win $20,000 if they match them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, each month that it late. is. Well, each month that it is not won, it increases by $5,000.
0: Oh, so, got it, got it. Uh, but
2: the odds, yeah, but the odds are set up uh, like like the math has been done that we're going to have winners. You know, that's like we want people to win. Uh, you know, our partners at the lottery want people to win. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's definitely done uh, in a way that like we want nothing more than to be able to tell that story of that person who is a music fan And, you know, spent some time while they are at work, you know, giving feedback on songs and ended up twenty thousand dollars richer like that's going to be really, really fun.
0: It reminds me what what's really attractive about it, at least from the, the industry that I come from, is back when I was on record labels, you used to always the big goal was to get on the radio survey list when Yeah, you're sitting in the kitchen and they call you and ask you to listen to 10 songs and you rate them. I remember Atlanta saying, Oh, you're on the radio survey list. And then for MTV, it was like the same thing, but this show 120 minutes. If you were alternative rock, you had to do certain amount of you know traction on this other show before you got thrown into real MTV. And it's like amazing, but there was always an incentive if you picked up the phone. And you gave them some feedback and you stayed on for the whole call, it's a good chance you could be going and seeing Def Leppard at the arena, you know. You got concert tickets. You I got love it. Yeah. Free fish tacos so
2: absolutely. It's
0: it's a it's great. Like I love these kind of forward-thinking, kind of new school ideas of the new generation that they've proven successful in the past, but just in a absolutely, yeah. You know.
2: You got it. The model is there. And I also think um, you know, I think this the younger generation and the lottery, you know, was, was luckily looking for ways to reach a non-traditional lottery player, you know, and, and this isn't really the lottery. This is the whole, it's powered by them, but it's not a a sanctioned game. However, it, it allows them to kind of, uh, you know, attract a, a, a newer audience. And I think that the younger generation also knows that their attention has been commodified in kind of perverse ways you know i mean like mm-hmm. for for advertising you know all these others so you know originally i wanted to call it playola uh because and think thank goodness Great i have a, a smarter <laughs> i have a smarter business partner that's like no that's like that's gonna like not read well for a wide audience but i was like let's just be open about it like yo we'll just pay you for your time we will pay you for your ears we're not gonna go like like we're, we're not hiding the ball at all. You know, like we understand yeah. your time is valuable. Your opinion's valuable. Your fandom is the most valuable. Like let us, let us incentivize you. Let us reward you for, for that time.
1: So yeah, there's another um, concept that was, it was all about bloggers. I forget what it's called now. Um, and you'd have to pay a dollar for a blogger to listen. And it was just like all right but they had to listen to the whole thing what was the name of that one anyways but I, I thought like at first I was like shit you gotta pay like you didn't have to pay bloggers in the past but all the bloggers are yeah. like what shit dude I get all this music and whether I like it or not I have to yeah. listen to understand if I like it so then they were just so it sort of incentivized them to open up to listen to more songs versus just take what you know people that they trusted sent over to them because it's just like gonna save them more time so yeah. I, I get it. And this is my idea Yeah, you want to do, you do want to reward people for their time. Um, I, I thought, do we read correctly that there's, there's a blockchain element to what this is? Is there something there that you guys are utilizing? There, about there is,
2: well, there is a, uh, there is an underlying patent pending, but uh, is for the tokenization of a listen of a song. Um, so that, that is a blockchain, you know, patent that isn't that's not you know gone through uh that's that's really the element of blockchain on this uh our next idea is, is is highly uh dependent upon the blockchain and that's kind of gone into motion uh but uh but yeah there's no real like this is this is pretty analog when you get right down to it you know it's i, I yeah. kind of like love the the simplicity of it um for that for that reason you know it's it's pretty transparent, you know, the, the rights holders or the, you know, whether it's the publishing company or the artist or whoever, they know that, that they're gonna get a certain data set back. And that was the other main thing, is it, it provides them an opportunity to really kind of test market a song with US-based human beings. Um, so they can potentially gain real live fans who would buy a hard ticket and come to a show. But also, you know, we all think our songs are great, but like you might put your song out there and you're like, oh, Yo, everybody just passed right through it in 30 seconds. We couldn't even pay them to listen to it, you know? And you you wanna know that about your song before you put an additional, you know, amount of capital or resources behind it. And, and the other thing that we're really excited to see, um, we have a hunch might happen is is catalog. You know, like all these catalogs are are, there's all these acquisitions happening. And I think everybody's like, oh, man, that song that could have been a hit if it had, put, had some oomph behind it. And so I think people are going to be able to maybe, you know, test market or try out whether whether it makes sense to pull some things that that could have been.
1: Mm-hmm. Chevy, where do you, uh, you have a two sided marketplace that you built, right? You have you have fans, listeners, and then you have the people that are creating the music. So. If, I, if I'm hearing you right, the people that are creating music and that want to get heard, they pay you guys and that goes into the pot. The pot yes. is the sort of randomized winnings of and portion of it at least goes there, right? I'm sure you guys got to keep lights on and things like that. And then you have the the fans. where do the fans come from and what what size of, of user base do you have right now?
2: Well, we are just getting started, so that the, those are still being measured. Uh, so I'll mm-hmm. come back and let you know. We definitely have um, we have a lot of goals, uh, you know, numbers that we've thrown out as as goals, and we're working with um, a really lovely digital promotions agency that uh, has has really stratified what uh, what's possible. And even they looked and they were like, well, you know, gaming apps typically have have kind of this download rate and music apps have this download rate. None of these give away free money. Uh, that's kind of a value proposition we've not seen before and don't know how to measure. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we're kind of going into the wilderness, not quite knowing. Um, yeah. You know, we're 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 very excited based upon, you know, what what the entities who really study that and really have the data models um, to forecast. We're kind of excited that they don't know how to forecast and, and they're excited because it's something new. So, um, so yeah, so we, we don't know, you know, we,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we hope giving away cash is, you know, something yeah. for and people. the bare
0: bones of it is actually, I, I'm just kind of one of those guys that I can't help, but to think of where things could go. Like, yeah, you could always, you know, you're a new artist, um, and you're showing up on uh, my ultimate playlist. Um, Maybe if somebody really likes it and they get to the one minute, can they click it and then go to like be redirected to that artist's Spotify page? Or
2: you nailed it. So Patreon um, So or... we're still you got it. So we're we're nailing down the integrations. And honestly, we want to see user behavior so that we we give the users kind of the the link and the route that they, that they want. Um, as it is right now, our integration is with Apple Music. We're having discussions with other DSPs as well. So in app, you can choose, you can click the add button and it adds to a playlist in your Apple Music um, that mm. shows up as the ultimate playlist. So it'll already be added there. Um, there is the opportunity uh, to, to add in, you know, a link tree. So that, that's one thing that we're really exploring and we want to find out from artists where they want to direct their fans because they might want to direct them to fan camp where they perhaps get, you know, a, a right. larger split of the pie. Um, it may be to tour dates. It may be to, uh, you know, it, I think every artist has different, um, you know, plans on, on where they want to direct their fans. So we're really working on the the cleanest way to integrate that. So at launch, we have the Apple integration. Um, and then hopefully, you know, a few people adding it to playlists uh, probably tips that algorithm within the DSP in a nice way mm-hmm. as well to where um, they, can, they can get a little more, you know, shine on them then. And the other I thing can. that... Um, has been really exciting is is kind of really gearing this whole thing towards working class artists. Uh, like the democratization of listens has been something that we've been kind of holding up since the beginning and our partners at the lottery are really all about that too. Um, so the playlist is randomized. It will show up differently for you than it will for me. There's 40 songs, but your song may be number two on mine and it'll be number, you know, 32 on somebody else's, mm, so that mm-hmm. you're not always stuck being the thirtieth song, and also uh, the licensing which we fall under allows us to seed it with, with some songs. You know, we can we can put you next to the the latest Drake song, you know, and so that it it has kind of this um, elasticity to the curation of it, uh, where we're we're going to have a nice mix of, you know, contemporary pop next to maybe some boom bop, you know, hip hop. Like it's, it's definitely pulling in that kind of AM, like we're going to give you a potpourri of things. I think in the future there can be genre, you know, stratification of it, but we also kind of believe in this genreless future. Like, I don't know that, uh, that the world is wanting us to create (laughs) more, uh, you know, divisions and categories, I think we're all kind of going towards the like, Give me, give me a nice blend of, of a lot of things. And, uh, so yeah, it's kind of fun.
0: That's it. That's interesting. <laughs> I know you're about to jump in on that too, Nick, but I can see pros and cons in that. The, uh, the, uh, the not, you know, like in my mind, I would say, you know, I'm a rock and roll guy. I'd like to do the <laughs> ultimate playlist. Mm-hmm. And I have a very heavy opinion on rock and roll. And I might even be able to be helpful mm-hmm. if you threw me yeah. like, you know, I like old country, like the, the outlaw stuff, the Wayland's Willie's and George Joneses. but that new country, I would be your worst
2: mm-hmm.
0: person to ask. What do you think of this new, really glossy high production pop country? I don't even have an mm-hmm. opinion on that. So like I could see as you grow or you at least get to know the user, uh, this guy, Brian, he skips over every hot country ch- tune. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. he's really digging. You got it. He's kind. Um, anyway, yeah.
2: Well, no, but you you hit on it um, on the back end on the, the data side of things, we will be able to like the users are randomized. We won't mm-hmm. we won't like have your names attached to it. You know, we're not trying to be <laughs> creeps or anything. But right. we will know that like um, a male of this age who lives in this zip code, man, he's not into the new country, mm-hmm. but he he's shown himself to be a fan of indie rock and and you know alternative. And so when somebody you know brings that type of song, we can you know where to target. You know, it. Mm-hmm. We know where to target. It. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And and we know uh, which data to pull for them. Like there's no use in pulling data of people who only like country. You know for for that song. So it. Mm-hmm. it we have a lot of ability to cater it um, in ways that, that, you know, it's, it's really hard to get good data sets if you don't have a whole, uh, you know, billion dollar publicly traded company, you know, doing research for you. So, um, so hopefully it's going to give some of these indie artists tools.
1: I hey, know you guys are getting started in the right place. I think it will be, it will be fun to see where you guys get your, your people, you know, I mean, there's, there's clearly a bunch of, um, of companies out there with solid music fans, right. Partnering with like, like there may be partnerships for you guys. It, it, it comes down to integration stuff, but like there's, there's station head and companies like that where, you know, they're a, a big user base on sort of personalized audio is what mm-hmm. the, the term is and um, you know those are those are like super fans and they're large bodies of people and those are those are like holy grails for you obviously from like a get if you can get those people to participate right but I think that that I think that the concept's really interesting and and to, to motivate people to participate to help and it might even be worth like exploring just like do people react to hey you're helping these artists like
2: oh absolutely
1: you know what i mean and um and so and you could get something out of it too isn't isn't too bad
2: yeah no that's um i mean the language throughout the copy within the app very much has that personality of you know like in one of the anti-automation prompts it's like you could skip this song but this artist, you know, the, the writers and the producers and the artists like worked really hard on it. Maybe give it another 30 seconds, you know, and just kind of like really having kind of that, um, that spirit to it that like, hey, give it, give it a shot, you know, and we're also excited about um, just kind of the, uh, the editorial flexibility that we have, you know, maybe partnering with a lander or a tune core or somebody like that of like, okay, let's, let's have, you know, Lander Day, which obviously is a, a a community of producers who are who are distributing through them, or you know, or same thing with TuneCore, where they've probably um, you know been able to highlight people who are really giving it a a good effort and a good go, and you know, just just trying to like give people a shot at at some undivided attention um, in mm-hmm. a in a world where it's pretty hard to get that.
1: Cool. Well, can't wait to hear what you come up with. I have some ideas for other spots for you guys. We could talk offline, but I um, appreciate
2: Jeff, it. Thank great, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: uh, Great to meet. I'm excited to see where this goes for you. And yeah, what you're really doing cool next. idea. Come back on and
2: tell us
1: about your blockchain idea next. No, <laughs> oh,
2: no, I want to. Actually, I want to run that. Run that by you. You guys are the smart minds in the room. So yeah, yeah it's 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 fun. We're in a fun era, you know. There's like so uh, so much inertia going in a good direction for for independence, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent.
0: This is the time. This is the time.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it.
1: All right, guys talk soon. Thanks for
0: taking the time. Great to talk to you, Chevy. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you. We'll
0: talk to you soon.